Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in today. A lot went down, not only within the Republican Party, but also within the federal governments yesterday when it comes to vaccine mandates, when it comes to funding the federal government, shutting down the government over this vaccine mandate. It didn't happen. It should have happened. If Republicans had any courage, it would have happened. But it didn't happen. But one Democratic senator comes out against Biden's vaccine mandate, which if 50 Republican senators have courage, as they should, should be enough to overturn the vaccine mandate. This is from the Daily Wire. Senator Joe Manchin announced in a statement on Thursday night that he voted to advert a federal government shutdown and fund the government through February 18th, 2022 but that he also strongly opposes vaccine mandates for private businesses from the federal government. This is a quote from Joe Manchin. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and as the new Omicron variant emerges, I would not vote to shut down the federal government for purely political reasons. There is too much at stake for the American people, but let me be clear, I do not support any government vaccine mandate on private businesses. That is why I have co-sponsored and will strongly support a bill to overturn the federal government vaccine mandate for private businesses. I have long said we should incentivize, not penalize, private employers whose responsibility it is to protect their employees from COVID-19. I have personally had both vaccine doses and a booster shot, and I continue every West Virginian to get vaccinated themselves. And the Senate voted 69 to 28 on Thursday to pass a bill to continue funding the federal government, thus averting a government shutdown. The Senate acted just hours after the House of Representatives approved the measure for a vote by 221 to 212, Richter's reported. Congress faces an ur- another urgent deadline right on the heels of this one. The federal government is approaching a $28.9 trillion borrowing limit, which the Treasury Department has estimated it could reach by December 15th. Failure to extend or lift the limit in time could trigger an economically catastrophic default. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said, I am glad that the end cooler heads have prevailed. The government will stay open, and I thank the members of this chamber for walking us back from the brink of an avoidable, needless, and costly shutdown. The government should have shut down. I understand that that may not be the best option to prevent this vaccine mandate, but the government should have shut down. To show that Republican opposition, to show that medical freedom still exists and is still a value being held in 2021. That the ability to refuse a vaccine that you may not want to get is something that is still being held in 2021 as something you can you can do is you can you can refuse it. And there was even an amendment to fun, to remove all funding. And I think it was uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a, a, a I think it was a purely partisan vote, 48 to 50. To remove funding for vaccine mandates and it was shot down. So why did Republicans still vote to keep the government open? Why did Republicans not stand up for the ability to allow people to choose their own health decisions when it comes to this vaccine? Why did they not do that? Democratic politicians will do whatever they need in order to get elected by acting policy. Republicans will say whatever is popular to get elected by speech. And Democrats are a lot better, unfortunately, at holding to their word when it comes to getting elected at doing what they're going to do. Look at the Build Back Better Act. 
But Republican politicians are too worried about the midterms. They're too worried about not having power, about not getting their $174,000 check every month or every year to actually enact policy, to actually enact conservative change that they have the power to enact. And this goes right along into the second point of the day. 80 House Republicans helped pass bill to fund federal vaccine mandates. 80 House Republicans voted with Democrats on Tuesday to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act, which, if passed by the Senate and signed into law, will fund a federal vaccination database. According to the bill, also called H.R. 550, the government would provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund immunization system data modernization and ex- expansion, a system otherwise defined as a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any health provider healthcare provider to persons within the geographic area covered by that database. The text specifically outlines an expansion of Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, and public health department capabilities and the ability for state and local health departments as well as public and private healthcare providers to share health data with the federal government. In a statement, the bill's main sponsor, Representative Ann Custer, who is a Democrat from New Hampshire, said the system would be used to remind patients when they are due to rec- for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution of vaccines. Representatives Larry Bouchon, James Baird, David Kinley, and Brian Fitzpatrick are Republicans, co-sponsored the bill. Not one Democrat voted in opposition to the bill. Mary Miller voted no, told Breitbart News exclusively on Wednesday that the legislation would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans who will be targeted and forced to comply with Biden's crazy global vaccination vision. These systems are designed to allow for sharing of crucial information on our maintenance of records. Do we really trust the government to protect our medical records, records, Miller said? The bill's author even bragged in a press release that the systems will help the government remind patients when they are due for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution, like we've said. This was clearly a legislative tool to enforce vaccine mandates and force their Orwellian Orwellian rules onto those who do not comply. Let me see here really quick. If I can find a statement from, I think his name's Don Bacon, who voted for the vaccine database. Yeah, Don Bacon. He said in a response to a Twitter friend of mine, the Calvin Coolidge Project, most folks don't know their own status. This is not for the patient, or this is for the patient. There is no federal database nor standard. All privacy laws are enforced and is not used for mandates. How do you not know if you've had the vaccine? How do you how do you not know your own vaccination status? I think it's kind of hard to not remember if you've had a needle stuck in your arm or not. If you had to peel off a little circle-shaped band-aid or not. How do you not know? This is a serious question. I, I want to know your takes on this. Email me right now, josh at gopjosh.com. Send in a voice message through anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. Let me know. How do you not know if you've had a vaccine or not? How do you not know your own vaccination status? Representative Brian Donald, a Republican, also voted on the bill, citing Democrats' um, habitual pattern of reckless and wasteful spending in an exclusive statement to Breitbart News. The congressman said the legislation only serves to expand the power of the federal government and trample individual rights. That is absolutely correct. 
I'm, I'm giving some applause. Miller noted that the legislation paves the way for government to give blue states millions in taxpayer funds to enforce vaccine mandates. According to the bill's text, the government could award grants and cooperative agreements to health departments or own, or other local governments entities for agreeing to adopt the new data collection guidelines set by the CDC. Any agencies hoping to receive a grant must agree to comply with security standards for to protect personal health information. So Germany has locked down the unvaccinated. Australia has locked down, period. I don't know if it's just for the unvaccinated or not. And now we're implementing a vaccine database to, so the government can know if you've had your vaccine or not. Are these all coincidences? And how do 80 House Republicans, including the Senate or the House Minority Leader, how do 80 Republicans vote in favor of this legislation? I think it was three House leaders, House Republican leaders voted in favor. I think at least the majority of people who have voted to impeach Trump voted in favor of this legislation. How are so many people who identify themselves as Republicans, these rhinos, voting in favor of legislation that will hurt their core base, hurt the American people who choose not to get a vaccine, who, who choose, who, who choose, let me, let me see how I want to word this, who choose personal immunity. Will, will personal immunity be accounted for in that database? That's a serious question. Will personal immunity be accounted for in that database? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't have an article about this, but supposedly in five states or there's three or four states that have the new variant of COVID and they, they know for a fact that's the Omicron variant, the, the Chi variant as we like to say, when there's no test for the Chi variant. There is no test for the Chi variant. And yet they know for a fact that that is what it is. We know for a fact that there are five Omicron variant cases in New York. We know it for an absolute fact, according to Mr. I in the science, Dr. Fauci. According to the governor of New York. And because of this Chi variant, the Omicron variant... Biden is requiring COVID-19 testing 24 hours before international flights starting Monday, according to Michael Lee at Fox News. President Biden's requirements for incoming international travels, travelers to have a negative COVID-19 test within 24 hours of departing will begin Monday. A senior administration official confirmed to Fox News Thursday that the 24-hour testing requirement, which Biden officially announced earlier in the day, will go into effect on Monday. All travelers, regardless of vaccination or citizenship status, will be subject to the change regulation. Previously, only unvaccinated were required to show a negative test 24 hours prior to departure, while those that were vaccinated had to show a negative test within 72 hours. The change comes as part of Biden's winter plan to combat COVID-19 as the cases of the Omicron variant were detected in the U.S. this week. Vaccinated or not, you have to get tested 24 hours once you are either in a flight or you're coming home. How are the changes in policy between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, which there is basically none besides that if you're unvaccinated, you're killing every single person you ever meet. How is that change in policy encouraging anyone to get vaccinated? 
I'm not at risk from COVID. I'm not in the high risk group. I, I don't like to think so, at least. So why would I get vaccinated? I'm not going to have any more freedoms that they want to allow, which freedoms do not come from the government. But I'm not going to have any more freedoms than they want to allow. I'm not going to have any policy changes. I'm not going to be able to do anything else that the unvaccinated can't. So why would I decide to get vaccinated? At this point in time, with my risk not being the highest from COVID, why would I choose to get the vaccine? My name is GOP Josh. We'll be right back after these messages with some more news, including let's look here. Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, that interview I meant to watch last night, but I forgot. We'll get into a little bit about that. The DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Committee, I don't know what the last C stands for. Thanks Biden for less than two cents off of gas. And Stephen Colbert says we do not live in a democracy. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Alec Baldwin sat down with ABC News last night, and I said yesterday on the program that I was going to skip Tucker Carlson and watch that interview. At about 8, 8.45 p.m., I realized that I forgot to watch that interview. So we, we, we I didn't watch the interview, but I do have some articles about what happened in it. Alec Baldwin is denying all responsibility. He's saying he didn't even pull the trigger and the gun just went off. I don't know how much I believe that. I have seen guns. I don't know how well that trigger can just pull themselves. It usually has a little bit of restriction on that. Actor Alec Baldwin says during an ABC interview on Thursday night that he does not feel guilt over the shooting death of Alana Hutchkins, claiming that someone else is responsible for what happened. Do you feel guilt? George Stephanopoulos asked Baldwin during an ex- exclusive interview. No, no, Baldwin said. I feel that there is. I feel that someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is. But I know it's not me. I might have killed myself if I thought I was responsible, and I don't say that lightly. ABC News reports on August 21st, Bowman was holding an antique revolver during a dress rehearsal for the Western at the Bonanza Creek Ranch near Santa Fe, New Mexico, when it was discharged, killing the film's cinematographer, Alana Hutchkins, and wounding its director, Joel Souza. Alana Hutchkins was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with her and liked by everyone who who worked with and admired Baldwin said, and even now I find it hard to believe that it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. When pressed by ABC News' George Stephanopoulos about how it wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled, Baldwin responded by claiming, well, the trigger wasn't pulled, I didn't pull the trigger. I cock the gun. I go, can you see that, can you see that, can you see that, Baldwin says, and then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer on the gun and the gun goes off. So you never pulled the trigger, Stephanopoulos pressed, no, 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 I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them, never. The Reload, a Second Amendment publication, analyzed Baldwin's claim. This is a pretty long claim, but I do want to read this because it is important. At first glance, this sounds far-fetched. It is exceedingly rare for a gun to fire without the trigger being depressed. Modern firearms, even replicas of antique guns, have safety specifically designed to prevent them from firing without the trigger being pulled. It only really happens when the gun's firing mechanism is damaged or there's a significant design flaw. 
That is why most gun owners, gun owners and firearm safety trainers are highly skeptical of any claim that a gun just went off absent user error. In Baldwin's case, the claim is at least somewhat more believable. That's because the gun involved is more prone to firing without the trigger being pulled. And even though it's a modern replica of an antique design, it's possible it did not include modern safety devices. Santa Fe County Sheriff Adam Mendoza Adam Mendoza identified the gun use in the sh- shooting as a modern a Pieta rep- replica of a single-action army revolver. Those guns can be bought either with a transfer bar that makes it impossible for the firing pin to strike with the primer unless the trigger is pulled or without one. Often enthusiasts and collectors prefer the models without modern safety devices because it's more authentic and perfectly safe when handled properly. A single-action revolver usually requires the hammer to be manually cocked and the trigger to be pulled back for a shot to be fired. That is why it's preferred to have a single action, because the trigger performs just one action. It drops the hammer in a double-action revolver. On the other hand, the trigger can both cock and release the hammer. However, a single-action revolver with the old-style firing mechanism can fire without either the hammer being cocked or the trigger being pulled. When the hammer is down on that kind of revolver, the firing pin protrudes, and even a live round is loaded in the chamber underneath. A sharp enough jolt can cause the pin to strike the round's primer with enough to set it off. So it's possible. It sounds like to me it's not the most plausible explanation, but it's possible. But if the gun didn't need to be fired, why did it need to be cocked back? That, that's, that's my question. And if I was interviewing with ABC News and I was the person in charge of this Alec Baldwin interview, I would ask that question. But I can't. I'm still praying for the family of Alana Hutchkins. Obviously, it was a terrible tragedy on the set of this film that this happened in. And someone is to blame. There's a reason there was a real load fired in that gun. There's a reason the gun went off somehow. So I'm praying for that family. I'm praying for the investigation. But seriously, until that investigation happens, we don't know what truly happened that day. And we don't know what caused the death of Alana Hutchkins. What we do know is that Biden's policies raise the gas prices, and it raised them tremendously. I'm going to see what DCCC means, but what does it mean? What is the actual name for the, the DCCC so I can properly source their name? The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. I forgot the word campaign. I should have known it was the word campaign. Okay. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC, it's a pretty, ca- pretty, pretty catchy name, tweeted out a graph, which I obviously can't show you. This is an audio podcast. Thanks, Joe Biden. And it starts the line just underneath 340, should be touching probably. Starting probably based on this about November 15th. And then about November 22nd, it drops down a half of a cent, and then continues falling down to just about two cents off gas within a week from from the from the less than half a cent, or from, sorry, from the half a cent to the two cents off in, in a week. And they tweeted, I think it's unsarcastically. Thanks, Joe Biden. Are you kidding me? What was the gas price average this time last year? Gas prices this time last year. 
Let's see if I can find this. In 2020, in November, it was $2.10 for a gallon of gas, about two eleven, after the, the third decibel. Right now, it is three thirty nine five. Thanks, Joe Biden. I need, I need some of those stickers that say, I did that. And I'm shocked that they didn't put one of those on this graph. But a, a, a two pennies off. And, they, and they, they hid this pretty well. What they did with this graph is it's 415 or, or 341.5. I'm actually going the wrong way. It's 337.5, 338.0, 338.5. So they use half a cent increments in order to disguise the true price of gasoline in Biden's America. To make the graph fall off look more dramatic by doubling each penny. So thanks, Joe Biden, for lowering the gas that you raised by a dollar and some by two cents. I really I, I really appreciate it as someone who's going to get their driving permit here pretty soon. I, I really do appreciate that, Joe Biden. Thank you. It's greatly appreciated. And if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, that is insane sarcasm. But Stephen Colbert somehow still has a TV show. Goes off on the Supreme Court over the Roe v. Wade challenge. We Don't Live in a Democracy by Marlo Stern. The Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Finch has claimed that banning most legal abortions would empower women to re-enter the workforce while raising children. It would help them achieve their dreams and goals by being able to both work and have children. Janet adding that maternity leave and even parental leave are commonplace. Paternity leave. Men and women are sharing responsibilities in the home better than ever before. Fitch further argued that the economy of Mississippi is so robust that women no longer need the right to choose. The reality of chores... Okay, this is... Okay, Marlo Stern. I, I know the Daily Beast is a very left-wing paper. Is this, does this guy have pronouns in his bio? Wow. Marlo Stern does not have pronouns in his bio. Just by the second paragraph of this piece, I assumed you'd have he, they, them, zer. This is what it is. The reality, of course, is that the United States is one of the only six countries without a national paid leave policy. That motherhood is not a dream and goal for all women. The unemployment rate in Mississippi is not just the higher than the national average, but that its economy ranks 37 out of 50th. Fitch is the central plaintiff in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, a case that is heard over the being heard over the Supreme Court in a transparent effort to overturn Roe v. Wade, a landmark 1973 decision that granted women the right to make their own decision about their bodies. In this case, the right to choose whether or not to have an abortion without the government interference. Okay, if you can't tell by the way this article is reading, this is a, the, a Daily Beast article. I obviously don't think abortion is the right to choose because if it was your body, you would be the one getting aborted. But you're not. Your, your child is getting aborted. But anyways, anyways. Thus far, the conservative-leading Supreme Court has imitated that Roe may be struck down in the coming weeks or month. On Thursday night, the late show Stephen Colbert weighed in, pointing at the liberal justice, Sona uh, Sotomayor, who said during the court remarks on the case that none of the basic issues have changed since the court's previously upholding of Roe. And Mississippi stated purpose for bringing this case now because they wanted it in front of all these new Republican appointees. Sotomayor then posted a question, will the institution survive the stench? I don't know how long this, oh, it's a 10-minute clip. I'm not going to play the 10-minute clip with commercials because I don't have YouTube Premium anymore. I'm not giving Stephen Colbert any of my money by watching an ad. Not doing it. 
It's a valid question, Colbert, uh, Colbert replied, before pointing to a poll taken last month revealing that 60% of Americans uphold ro- uh, support upholding Roe. Wow, I cannot speak today. Only 27% want to see it overturned. That's more than two to one. So if this is unpopular, why is everyone saying it's going to happen? Well, I don't want to get too te- technical, but what's the word? We don't live in a democracy. Five of the nine last justices were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. The last three confirmed by a Republican Senate who now represent 41 million fewer Americans than Democrats. In fact, Republican senators haven't represented a majority of the U.S. population since 1996. Back then, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor went to Kevin Spacey, and the Best Director was Mel Gibson. Then the kicker, and Republicans had their nominations. Gibson Spacey 2024, still better than Ted Cruz. Okay. Has America ever been a democracy? That's a question that I've been reading into a lot lately. Has America, a country built on being a republic, a republic, ever been a democracy? Is it a bad thing that we haven't? Because we never have. We've always had a representative democracy, but we've never been a democracy. We've always been more of a republic than a democracy. So, so is it a is it a bad thing that we're a democ- we're not a democracy? That's my question. Because since seventeen or eighteen hundred, I don't know exactly remember the exact year, the Constitution was ratified. We have been a representative democracy, more so a republic than a democracy. And I don't think. That for 200 years, that many bad things have happened that has led me to advocate for a more democratic system than we have now. And I don't think Democrats do either when they're in control. When Democrats have the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch, they don't complain about our current system because they're winning the system. Republicans don't claim about the current system when we're losing the system either. And so do is there a serious problem with our current system? That's my question for you today to leave this episode on. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. We'll be back Monday with a brand new episode. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned.